I have a two and a half hour message. How many of you guys are hungry? Uh, my wife started to say, my wife started to open up by saying that there's no place better than being in the house of the Lord, amen? Um, we're going to see if that's true. <laughs> we say amen, but we don't even know what we're saying, right? Do you know what you're saying when you say amen? So be it. That means uh, if we stay here to tomorrow, so be it. Amen. I'm sure I think uh, everybody got the, uh, hey, now my wife always makes me look very professional. Very good. So I told her this morning, honey, you got to be around for a long time because if you pass away, I don't know what I'm going to do without you. I probably have to marry somebody else. He goes, oh, what a nice excuse you have. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, we already have, uh, I guess, uh, receive and uh, praying and uh, so, but, you know, it's always good to ask the Lord to at least anoint these words and uh, that nothing of me uh, will come out of me, but everything that is his desire. And the Lord, that you anoint these words, uh, the little bit of time that we have, let us enjoy or let us just uh, grasp uh, the word that you have for us today. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I usually read Psalm 15 every Sunday, but today we're not. We're gonna skip that uh, for the Spanish congregation. Today we're gonna read Philippians 3. I assume that by now we all know where Philippians is. It's in the Bible. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jesus. I, I'm. I'm. I have a lot of stuff to share for sure. Um, I know that I'm not going to have time. I have, uh, well, I have an extra page that is not mine. Uh, but I do have three pages, and I know that I'm not going to go through all that. So just uh, bear with me a little bit, and then we're going to move right into what the Lord has for us today. So let's go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 21. It's not long, but it's not short. So are you guys there? Yeah. Philippians 3. Verse 12 through 21, it says, Now, I'm sorry, not that I have already obtained all this, poor saying, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. You read the verse and you probably need to highlight maybe a, a word or two in there, but one of the things is I press on to hold. I press on to take hold. When you hold something, it, when it says you press on, it's not something that you just get it easier. It's not something that you just can walk up to it and, and, and get it. Press on, that means that you have to strive. You have to probably struggle, but you, you need to hold on what he, gave, what he had given you. And First Timothy 6, uh, verse uh, 11 and 12, Paul is teaching or he's Encouraging. I'm sorry that I, I, I didn't finish reading, but I, I feel like I need to say this in the first verse. Paul is encouraging his young uh, son, spiritual son, Timothy, to fight the good fight, to stay strong. Brothers and sisters, if we're living in a time that is, that is really, really, really important for you to take hold of what God has given to you, this is the time. I, 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 I don't know. I am... 62, I usually tell people that I look 25. I, 
Somebody told me, thank you that you believe in that lie. But <laughs> hey, <laughs> um, I'm 62. I don't feel that old. But I'm telling you, I don't, I don't know how it was in the past, but I think we're living in a time that is so bombarded with, with all kinds of counterfeit stuff that if you're not rooted, if you don't hold on to what God has called you for, you can easily be persuaded. And we're living at a time. This is something that you need to highlight in the word and say, I need to hold on. I need to press on and hold on to what I have. Because you can very easily be persuaded with so many counterfeit temptation and counterfeit promotion and giving free this and giving free that that is so a trick of Satan. It's a trap. And we need to take hold of what God has given to us. The message or the title of the message is pressing towards the goal. Okay. So now that I have already obtained, back in, in Philippians 3, now that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such, such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already obtained. Join with others in following my example. Brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now I'll say it again, even with tears, many, lie, many, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is, is destruction, that God is their stomach, and the glory is in the shame. Their mind is unearthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lonely bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Let's see how the Lord is going to do this. And quickly, I have 15 minutes. I have 15 minutes. Or I have half an hour. Time. Come on. We have one hour. Somebody says one hour. All right, we have one hour. Thank you, Jesus. Let me, let me start by saying this. Too many Christians today think that God's gifts are in shelves. You ever seen shelves? Many Christians think that God's gifts are on shelves. And the taller you grow in the Christian character, the more easier it will be for you to get it. Many people are striving to be a super Christian or a super believer and they're trying to do extra stuff and more stuff because they want to get to the higher level of getting the greatest gift that God has for you. Sounds good. Amen? Sounds good. Yes? Sounds very good. 
Many Christians are striving very hard and doing all kinds of things, witnessing this and going to the hospitals and doing and doing and doing and doing because they want to have the greatest gift that is above the shell. I don't know. I can say this, Pastor Tom, there's not too many people here. I'm sure you in the past, when you were not uh, a believer, if you went to a bar, you know they have tight shells drinks. That's only for the people. It's only... It's only people with money, right? Top shelf. And many, many Christians believe the same thing. Let me buzz you bubble a little bit. Okay? It's wonderful. It's wonderful that you visit the, the sick in the hospital. It's wonderful you have a, a jail ministry. It's wonderful that you feed the poor. It's wonderful you do all that. But if you're doing it because you want to get the greatest gift of here, you're not getting nothing. You're not doing nothing. If that's the reason you're doing it. Yes, I truly believe God's gifts are in shells. But they are underneath of each other. They're not one above the other. They are under each, under, underneath. So the question is not how tall you get. The question is how low you're willing to go. The greatest gift that you can find is on your knees. The greatest gift that you find is not how many ministers you have, how many Bible, how many verses you quote, and how many you memorize. The greatest gift you can get is how low and how humble you will get in God's works. That you're doing things that nobody knows that you're doing it. That you are serving the Lord and you're not telling everybody here I am. Hey, Pastor Willie has a ministry. No. Let's serve the Lord and let him find out what we're doing. Let us not promote ourselves to get a, an applause or try to get a top shell gift. We need to remember it's not how tall you get in Christianity. It's how low you're willing to go. This church, I, I need to promote I need to tell you that, that we're not doing a good job of witnessing. We're not doing a good job of telling other people about Christ. I think this church needs to get a, get a little bit more fire into that and start witnessing in the streets. Go to the marketplaces. Go to different places and just be a witness for Christ. Because too many people are sitting in the church and we just hear getting fed, getting fed, and not really doing anything. A brother shared last night, uh, Friday night, that he thought that he was way up here because he prayed in tongue. Right, brother? And uh, yes, it's a great gift. It's wonderful. But if you think you're higher than anybody else because you're pray, praying in tongue and you're not letting anybody to Christ and your lifestyle doesn't even match what you read or what you, you're saying, you probably have another tongue that is not what God wants you to have. <laughs> Jesus... Are you looking back? Are you looking back or looking to the future? This is the question that, that, you, that we need to ask ourselves. Are you looking back to the mistakes that we have made, the things that didn't happen when I wanted it to happen, whatever it is, or even if you were sick a few weeks ago or a month ago, are you looking back to the sickness or the report that the doctor tell you? Or are you looking to the future or are you looking to the healer or are you looking 
to the one who can tell you, I am faithful and I can deal with that. If you trust me, if you believe me, I would do it. Are you looking back or looking to the future? You cannot change your past. You cannot change your past. I don't know if you knew that. You can't change it. But the past can change you. You cannot change your past, but the past can change you. I, I don't have the time to read in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 to 12. You can, you can write it down and then read it at home. But I will just highlight a few things here. In verse 6, it says, Now these things occur as an example to keep us from setting our hearts on evil, on evil things as they did. In other words, what happened to, the, to, to, our, to our ancestors when they were coming out of Egypt, they disobeyed God. They did all kinds of things. And the Bible says the reason you have this is written is for you to look and see what they did and what happened because they disobeyed. In other words, don't feel yourself so secure because you're sitting in a chair with, with, with four legs and they're very comfortable. Don't feel so secure because if you disobey the Lord, he knows where you are. And he says here, the reason this thing is written, it is for you to know what happened to those who disobeyed me, even though I called them out of the world or out of Egypt. Pressing towards the goal. Remember, pressing towards the goal. And the other verse that I highlight on that because I didn't have time to read it, verse 11, it says, these things happen to them, basically repeat the same thing. These things happen to them as an example, and, we're, and they were written down as a warning for us. As a warning for us. Verse 12. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. It's a warning. It's a warning for believers. It's a warning for those, because I believe that this day and time... In many churches, I believe that this not happened in Global River Church, and I pray that that would not be here. But I, as in many churches filled with people professing to be Christians, that they're not Christians. They're not believers. They think they are, but they're not. So I don't believe that truly a person who commit their life to Christ, who are giving yourself to Christ fully, 100%, you will, this will not happen to you if you obey. I have to um, move forward because there's a word there that I need to really emphasize, and I want you to write it down, not only on papers, but in your heart, and remember it. So the past can change you either for better or for worse. It, it all depends on how you look at it. Your past can be a rudder that guides you or an anchor that will hinder you. Your past can be both. It so depends how you look at it. In 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eyes have seen. I'm sorry. After that, leave your past mistakes with God and look to the future by faith. Your future is in heaven. Our future is in heaven. 
Our future is, doesn't depend on what Donald Trump does or any other Democrats does. Our future is, depends how your life is in Christ Jesus. Your future is in heaven, not in the United States. Amen? Your future is not according to the government. Your future is according to how you obey Christ. That's your future. And our future is in heaven. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye have seen, no ears have heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I don't want Satan to steal that from me. I know that some, I, Pat is not here today, right? I don't see Pat. She's still not feeling well, not feeling bueno. <laughs> some people don't like surprises. I know that Pat doesn't like surprise. She says, don't give me a surprise. I don't like surprise. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Pat, I don't know if Pat's watching. <laughs> Some people don't like surprise. But I'm going to tell you something. Get used to it. Because you will be surprised. I mean, what the Bible says, no, I have seen. So you haven't seen what God has for you. You have no clue what it is. You don't even can imagine in your head what it is. What he has prepared for those who love him, for those who love God. My wife is dreaming for a mansion by the beach. I said, I don't know if that's like that or not. I can only tell you is that I have no clue what it is, but I can't wait to see it. And no demon from hell is going to steal that from me. I'm telling you, the day that I confessed Christ, I didn't go with my two legs i went with hands and feet and face and body and everything within me i just went forward and i says if it's in the bible i'm gonna do it and i believe it and this is what's got blindly blindly just follow christ yes you make mistakes yes i me too but that's not the point the point is that when you make mistakes you get up and wash your face and say lord jesus forgive me i made a mistake today i surrender my life to you lord forgive me lord I messed up to that. And he is faithful and just to forgive you if you truly repent, truly ask for forgiveness. So our goal is to be what? Our goal is to be like Christ. This is our goal. Our goal is not to be him. Our goal is to be like Christ. Our goal is to know Christ and to be an example of who he is. That's our goal. That's a Christian walk. The Christian life, it is that you need to represent him, that you need to really be or be an example of who he is. Jesus says, if you have seen the Father, you have seen me. In other words, he's saying, I am in, a, in a, the image or I am the exact representation of the Father. So you need to understand that, that if you are somebody, you are a believer, you are to be an example of who Jesus is. When people see you, they know that you are a believer, that you, are, that you belong to Christ. You are an example of who he is. If you have seen me, you have seen Jesus. I know we're not there yet, but we need to fight these things, as Paul says. You need to strive. You need to hold, hold it and fight for it. So let me ask you this question. Is anything holding you back today? Ask yourself that question. 
I ask myself that question. I, the Bible says that you can, it's almost like having a needle. You know, when you're driving and you see the needle, that the gas goes slow or you're going too fast, you have a needle that, that indicates issues in your car. The Holy Spirit is just like that. It's like a needle in, in you that would tell you immediately something that is not right. So you can check yourself. You really can do. You really can go back home tonight or today or tonight and, and, and rewind your tape. Kneel before your bed. And I can assure you 100% that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you even a word that you, that you spoke that you know that was out of line. He will reveal it to you. Try it. Next Sunday you give a testimony to Pastor Tom. I will be in the Spanish church, in the Spanish side. So give it, say, Pastor Tom, when Pastor Willie say this, I went home and he revealed things to me. You can give a testimony. Because the Holy Spirit is faithful. He will not allow a believer, a son, one of the God's children, to continue living a life that is not pleasing to the Father and just make believe that nothing is going on. He doesn't. I don't know about you. I don't know what kind of Holy Spirit you have. But the Holy Spirit in me, uh, it doesn't allow me to do it. I mean, any little thing is, is crazy. I'm like thinking, come on, Holy Spirit, that's really that bad? Do I have to apologize to my wife for that? Oh, come on. <laughs> and I, I have to because he would not let it go. <laughs> so this is the Holy Spirit. This is the sign. This is the, the needle that will show you that something is not right. But if you don't spend time in the Word and you don't spend time in prayer, believe me, by the little by little, you start neglecting that little warning. And by the time you know, you're running out of gas and you'll be stuck in the middle of the road somewhere, calling a Christian to come and bail you out. Calling Pastor Tom, pray for me. And you know why? Because you didn't pay attention to that little warning. Amen? Yeah. Come on. Where's Miss Ari? <laughs> we need Miss Ari. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. You are a believer. Will you like to obey or disobey? You ask, you, you ask that question. Yes, we would like to obey. Do we obey? Will you like to obey or disobey? Let me tell you that God is such a wonderful God and Father that He gives you the choice. You have the choice to obey or disobey. God will not force you. He doesn't. He allows you to take the wrong turn. He would tell you you're going the wrong direction. He would say, you know, stop, things had to start to happen so that you don't go that way. But he would not hit you inside the head and says, turn around. He will allow you to disobey. Joshua 24, 14 and 15 says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all fullness. Faithfulness, I'm sorry. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away, throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. And serve the Lord. But, this is what God gives you choice. But, in other words, I usually I put it this way. Do an inventory. Just, you know, when you're going to buy something or you're going to build something, you kind of put it on papers and do an inventory. So do an inventory. You, have, you, you can do that. God allow you to do that. Do an inventory. Do you think it's profitable? Do you think it's good to serve the Lord? Or continue living 
this crazy life. Which, one, which of the two you want? It's okay. You can choose. And he says, choose one of the two. But as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord. I will obey his word. I will do what he says. But you can choose. You can do whatever you want. Really, it's your choice. Nobody can force you. Not even God himself. If you belong to this church, I assure you that no pastors of this church will force you to obey. We will tell you you should, but if you don't want to, continue that way. In fact, I had to tell you somebody the other day, you can continue on that way. I see you begging, <laughs> basically. So, God gives us a choice. God gives you a choice. But he also tells you the difference between the two choices. He tells you one choice gives you blessings, and the other choice for disobeying him brings curses. A lot of people think that God himself is cursing me. Oh, I'm going through this because God is punishing me. That's a life from pit of hell. God already made it, made it in a way that if you disobey, curses will come on you. It's not because he already uh, uh, inventing new curses for your life or thinking, okay, if you do this, I'm going to happen to you. He's not. It's already done. It's already in place. And you can read it. I'm going to give you the verses so you can read it. So you can go home and, and, and look at it. One of the things that we do in our church is that we do give a scripture. Because you need to know if we're saying something that is not true. If it's in the Bible, you don't need to question the leaders of the church. If it's here, it's not pastors, it's not Pastor Tom, Pastor Willie, or whoever preach that it tells you that. No, you got to say, God is telling me. God is telling me. The Bible interprets itself. I don't need to interpret it for you. Just go and read it. As, as our brother says, I think somebody says on Friday night that Benihin does healings and all these things. And he goes and people, miraculous chairs flying all over the place, uh, wheelchairs. And, and why would you think is that? What is the reason? Do you think the Holy Spirit in him is a giant and the Holy Spirit in me is a little midget? The only reason he's doing that because he's believing. It's not him. It's God. It's not, he, he's not doing anything. He just believed what God says. So if you believe what God says, if you believe his word, you can do the same thing. We can do the same thing. The problem we have is that, that we are so tiny, puny people that we think, oh, that's for somebody else because he has a calling on that. Top shelf. So God, God, God gives you the choice to obey or disobey, and he is so good that he tells you the difference between the two. So let's, let's go quickly to Deuteronomy 28. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to point a few, a few verses there. Lord Jesus, we want to finish today. <laughs> okay. Everybody knows chapter 28 of Deuteronomy. I, I assume everybody knows. But let's read the first two, two verses from, from 28, 28, Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. It says, if you, I want you to highlight the word and put it in your heart. Remember, the Ten Commandments says it's not written in paper, but now it's in Stone and now but it's written in your heart. 
So just remember this word, because I'm going to repeat it. If, just that word, if. Many people think that it's automatically, I become a Christian, I can live just like anybody else does and do everything I want and living in the world a little bit today and tomorrow I'll come to church and praise God and tomorrow I go and do this and I have the blessings. You completely, 100%, totally wrong. Completely wrong. Totally wrong. 100% wrong. A thousand times wrong if you think that way. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all, follow all his commands, I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on, on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. All, not a little bit today, a little bit tomorrow, and I'm going to do this and do this, and that's okay because Sunday I go to church, and God is faithful. He is a loving Father. He is so gracious that by grace I'm healed, and I'm being delivered, and I'm being saved by grace, so I can do all this, and by grace He forgives me. 100% a million times wrong. Okay? So get it in your head. If... That's the word that I want you. If you don't remember anything today because of my accent, just say if. If I do. If I obey. Same chapter. And then, and then from there on to, to verse 14, it tells you all the blessings if you obey him. Now, he tells you the curses. Remember, I told you that God gives you the choice, and he will tell you between the two. If you obey, all this happened to you. If you disobey, all these things happen to you. So he's not inventing things to happen to you. It's already done. It's already written. If somebody disobey him, all this stuff happened to him. So if, verse 15 says, however, if you do not obey, the Lord your God I'm sorry, if you, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees, I am giving you today all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So don't tell anybody God is punishing me. Amen. Satan is lying to you. Don't say God is cursing me. He's not. You know gravity? Is there. Do you want to believe it or not? You don't have to believe it. Really, gravity is there, but you don't see it. But you don't have to believe it. Just try it. Go in this building and jump. Try it. God didn't invent that day gravity. Oh, let me put gravity because this person disobeyed me. And when he jumped, he's going to fall down. No, it's already set. <laughs> Either you like it or not. These curses, these things, is already set. And if you don't obey him, it will come to you. Not only to you, but to you and your family. So you can read this when you go home and kind of sit on, the ta sit on the table, have a cup of coffee with the Lord, and just uh, argue with him about these things, okay? <laughs> There's too many Christians today also that are looking around 
looking around to see what others do, what other people are doing or saying. If you do that, you are inviting defeat. If you're looking around or looking back to see how what other Christian is doing and what they're doing, what they're doing, and you're trying to imitate or you're trying not to do because somebody's not doing it or, or doing the wrong thing because some Christian is doing it, and nothing wrong with that. If you're looking back and you are trying looking around, you are inviting defeat in your life. Jesus had to rebuke one of his disciples for that. You know, anybody knows that? Anybody remember who was that? He had to rebuke Peter. Because Jesus was telling him what to do. Do some things and do this and do this. Love this and love that. Feed my sheep and do this. And Peter kind of, I don't know why. He thought maybe he was bigger than the other guy. I don't know what he was thinking. But he looked back. And he saw one of his disciples and he says, Lord, how about that guy who's following us? Jesus, in my words, he says, it's not your business. That's Willie's word. <laughs> it's not your business what I do with him. You keep your eyes on me and follow me. That's what you need to do. That's what we need to do as believers. If you see something, just pray about it. If you see anything... Bow to your knees, lower down your knees, and intercede for whoever that is. But don't start saying, I can, I'm, oh, I can do what they do. Because look, out of 20 Christians, 15 are doing things that, that is okay, I guess. So I'm going to do it too. No. You keep your eyes on the Lord. If you're truly a believer, you, yourself, keep your eyes on the Lord. Don't look around to see what other people are doing, okay? You, yourself, keep your eyes on the Lord. Christians should be like runners who refuse to look around or look back, to, but keep running with the eyes on the goal. You, Christians are like runners. You don't look around to see who is catching up to you or who stay behind or who is going to pass you. You run as fast as you can, and you run it with, the, with the strength that God has given to you, but keep your eyes on the Lord and the goal and the price that God has set for you. Because sometimes the finish line for you can be a little bit longer than mine. Amen? My finish line can, maybe is not all the way over there. So keep your eyes on the prize. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Sin will tie you down. Sin will entangle you. you. Sin will not allow you to run the race. Brothers and sisters, that's one of the things that you need to understand. Any sin in your life, anything that is murmuring or gossiping or, or doing other stuff, will not allow you to run the race. You will fall. You will get tangled in things that you don't need to, to, to be. And by the time you know you're not, you are gasping for air and you're not able to finish what the Lord has called you to finish. And let us run with the perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the protector of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm almost finished, and I, uh, but I wasn't finished. <laughs> but I'm almost finished, so just hold on a little bit. It's very sad today. It's really sad 
Just think about it. It's really sad today where many believers today are professing or professing to be Christians are turning to the world. Many professing Christians, people who believe in the Lord, they profess to be believers. They are turning to the world, leaving, leaving the way of the world, only satisfying their own desires. They think like the world, and many of them are in the church today. Many believers, many Christians are just like the world. Sometimes you can pull them apart. You can't tell the difference between the two. And it is because the world has contaminated the Christians, and we acting like the world. This is, should not be any longer. Paul gave us a, an example of, by men that ministered with him, who went with him, who, who did all kinds of things, and his name is Demas. You know, you know the story there, right? Paul said that he loved, he loved the world. In other words, he couldn't detach himself from what he used to do before. He couldn't detach himself from the desires of the flesh, and he continually uh, struggled or trying to, to, to detach himself, but he was so, so wrapped up with that that he couldn't move forward. He was constantly looking back, constantly looking back, and finally he went back to the world. And that can happen to any believers. That can happen to you. That can happen to me. That's right. We pray every day, Lord, keep my eyes on Jesus. Lord, help me to move forward and to stay focused on what you have called me to do. Amen? So my brothers, we need to look and eagerly anticipate the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we will go through hard time in life, but he is faithful. You will go through hard time in life. You will go through the stuff, but he is faithful. The word says that he is faithful. Joshua 1.5 says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Amen? And we must remind you, or I must remind you again of the key word. The word is if. Remember? If. If I obey, if I surrender, if I love the Lord, if, if, if. If you obey him, he will cause everything to work in your favor. Where is that? There's different words or different paraphrasing kind of. A28, Romans A28, right? says it, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Amen? But you have to love him. You can't obey him if you don't love him. You cannot be able to obey the Lord if you don't love him. Right? He is faithful. 1 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9 says, He will also keep you from, He will keep you firm to the end, so that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Only Christ, only Christ, only in Christ, you can be satisfied in any situation. Only through Christ. If you think that the world, the things that the world is offering you, you will be satisfied, you, again, 100% a million times wrong. Everything that the world offers to you is temporarily in as a trap. Satan would love to steal the blessing that God has from you, offering you the things of the world so that, that you can lose the blessings that God has for you. And this, we finish with this scripture. Philippians 4, 11, 13. It says, 
Paul says, I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content wherever, whenever in circumstances. I know that is, I know that what is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. What the, what the last verse, verse 13 says? I can do all things through, through Christ who gives me the strength. Paul says, I learned the secret. It's not the stuff that helps me. It's Christ who gives me all that stuff. And through him, I can do all things. I can be happy here. I can be happy in the city, in the country, in the little shack, or in the mansion. But only through Christ. Without him, you have nothing. And you're not happy anywhere without Jesus. Let's stand. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. If anyone, uh, uh, we have the, um, the ministry team. If anyone needs prayer still, uh, we're going to have people, we pray for you. But Father God, we just, we just praise you, Lord, and I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the service. I thank you for the worship and the testimony and all those things that you do. But Father God, one of the things that, that you not, is not negotiable is being, is being obedient, is love you is serving so father i'm asking you in the name of jesus that you help us to understand that you you wrote it down so that we can follow your instructions and you tell us clearly if you obey so father we want holy spirit to continue convict us when we do things that is not pleasing to the father and we thank you lord bless your people here today father god i pray that as they leave this house today that there will be a testimony, Lord, that they, will, that they will testify of who you are. Father God, that they will represent you. That, Lord, that they will go out to the streets, out to the marketplaces, and Lord, and represent you. They are an extension of who you are. So we thank you, Father. Blessed, blessed be the name of Jesus. Bless your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, anyone needs prayer, if you're not hungry yet, come forward and we pray for you, okay? Otherwise, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. We love you. And bring somebody next week, all right? Invite a friend next week.